You are now listening to Mark's Unexplained World by Mark the Medium from Hinkley Community Radio, a non-profit podcast radio station. Tonight's episode is about the real Pied Piper of Hamlin. So it's over to you, Mark. The Pied Piper of Hamlin is the title character of a legend that came from the town of Hamlin in Lower Saxony, Germany. The legend itself dates back to the Middle Ages, where in 1284 the town of Hamlin was suffering from a rat infestation. With the earliest references describing a piper dressed in multicoloured clothing, who was a rat catcher hired by the town to lure rodents away with his magic pipes. When the citizens of Hamlin refused to pay his bill for these services as promised, he retaliated by using his instrument's magical power on their children, leading them away from the town as he had with the rats. This version of the story widely spread as folklore and has appeared in many writings including Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, the Brothers Grimm and Robert Browning. Although these writers may have shaped the Pied Piper legend into art, it turns out that the story is based on an actual historical event. With a number of theories throughout the years suggesting that the children had died of some natural cause such as a disease or starvation and that the Pied Piper himself was simply a symbolic figure of death. Greetings, unexplainers. Once again, I thank you for tuning in to listen to this episode of Mark's Unexplained World. My name is Mark Hughes. I'm a psychic medium, a ufologist, and an all-round nice guy who loves to get his teeth into a good old mystery. In this episode, I'm going to tell you about the strange mystery regarding the real Pied Piper of Hamlin. And this week's necessary disclaimer. This story is a tale that sadly involves missing people, particularly children, and so may prove upsetting to some of you. As usual, you listen at your own discretion with all opinions and comments being strictly my own. However, the legend remains. I also apologise if I pronounce anything incorrectly. My English, although it is my first and only language, does tend to leap ahead of me sometimes, and sometimes I wish it would leap even further ahead of me than I can reach. Anyway... Let's get on with the story. According to Wikipedia, Hamlin is a town on the River Wesser in Lower Saxony, Germany. It is the capital town of the district of Hamlin-Pyrmont and has a popularity of roughly around 57,000 people. Hamlin started out with a simple monastery 
which was founded as early as 851 AD. And as the village grew, by the 12th century, it slowly started to become a township. The era of Hamlin's greatest prosperity began in 1664, when the town became a fortified border town of the Principality of Kallenberg, and in 1705, it became part of the newly created electorate of Hanover. The town of Hamlin was surrounded by four fortresses, and this gave it the nickname Gibraltar of the North. And the most heavily fortified town in the aforementioned electorate of Hanover. During World War II, Hamlin Prison was used for the detention of social democrats, communists, and other political prisoners. Around 200 prisoners died at Hamlin Prison, with more dying during the Second World War in April 1945 when the Nazis sent the prisoners on long marches, fearing the impending Allied invasion. Just after the Second World War, Hamlin Prison was used by the British occupation forces for the detention of Germans that were accused of war crimes. Following their conviction, around 200 detainees were hanged at Hamlin Prison, including Irma Grease, and Joseph Kramer, along with over a dozen other perpetrators of the Stalag Luft Three murders, or otherwise known as the Great Escape. The Hamlin coat of arms depicts the St Boniface Minister, the oldest church in the city. But of course, despite all the important historical events that happened in this small German town Hamlin, it's still best known for the tale of the Pied Piper. The legend of the Pied Piper of Hamlin goes something like this. It is the year 1284 and the town of Hamlin is suffering from a rat infestation. And just as things were starting to look even bleaker with this rodent fest, suddenly, out of the blue, along comes a piper dressed in multicoloured or pied clothing, claiming to be the rat catcher. And on a remarkably interesting bit of trivia here, the origin of the word pied in clothing terms means black and white. The word originally comes from the Middle English, with pie being used for the word magpie, which has black and white colouring. The word pied would not inherently be symmetrical, but since the word is describing the clothing of the piper, it is not particularly far-fetched that, that the clothes that he wore would be symmetrical. I mean, let's face it. What is more likely for the story? Black and white material being sewn into clothing in a nice, symmetrical, eye-pleasing manner, or just random bits of old coloured cloth looking like they have been cobbled together by a drunk man suffering with colour blindness? I'll leave you to ponder over that question. This Pied Piper 
then promised the mayor of Hamlin a solution to their rat infestation problem. The mayor of Hamlin, in turn, promised to pay the Pied Piper the sum of 1,000 guilders for the removal of the rats from his town. The Pied Piper accepted the mayor's offer and played his pipe to lure the rats into the Hamlin town of Wesser River, where they all drowned. Despite the Pied Piper's successful removal of the huge rat infestation from the town of Hamlin, the mayor, being a bit of a welcher, decided to go back on his promise and refused to pay the Pied Piper the full sum of 1,000 guilders and instead reputedly reduced the sum to a measly 50 guilders. And to add insult to the already pissed off Pied Piper, the Hamlin mayor also went on went so far as to blame the piper for bringing the rats himself into Hamlin in an attempt at extortion. The incredibly angry Pied Piper then stormed out of the town of Hamlin, vowing to return later to take revenge. So, on the 26th of June, 1284, on St John and St Paul's Day, all the adults of Hamlin were in the church. Also, on that day, the Pied Piper returned to the small town, only this time he was dressed in a green-like hunter playing, hunter playing his pipe, sorry. And as he played, he attracted all the children from the town of Hamlin to follow him. And the more he knocked out those pipe melodies and danced out of the town of Hamlin, the more the children were hypnotised, until 130 of them followed him out of the town and into a cave, after which they were never seen again. There are a few versions of the original story of the Pied Piper of Hamlin knocking around. So I tried to put together the most popular scenes to make a coherent tale and hopefully it made some sort of sense to you. Also, I should point out here that there are a few versions of the tale that claimed at most three children did remain behind. But this was due to uh, one child being lame, so they could not follow the other children quickly enough, the second child being deaf, therefore he could not hear the music, and the last child being blind, therefore unable to see where the other children were going. I felt it was uh, important to point this out because according to some versions of the story, it was these three children who had informed the adults of the town as to what had happened to all the other children whilst they were in church. After this first short break, in part two, we will look at the possible theories as to what may have actually happened to the town's children that day. This show is brought to you courtesy of Neil Packer, and the Haunted Antiques Paranormal Research Centre. Find them online at www.hauntedantiques.com
hauntedresearchcentre.com or at 9211 Regent Street, Hinkley, LE101AW. Open on Saturdays from 10am to 4pm for guided tours of the haunted rooms at just £3 per person. Booking is essential at all times and over 16s only please unless accompanied by an adult. The haunted rooms are extremely haunted and paranormal activity could and has taken place at any time. Some areas and particular objects or items can be quite scary and unnerving. Membership is available for £25 to qualify for selective offers. And why not download the app available on both iOS and Android for only £3.99 to keep up to date with what is coming up at the centre. If the tale of the Pied Piper recalls a universal fear, it still mainly resonates its strongest fear in Hamlin. I always remembered as a kid listening to or watching children's TV dramas all about the multicoloured rodent exterminator, figuring that it was all just a fairy tale or make-believe fantasy. For us, something for us kids to cling on to during rainy days at school or at home. So imagine my surprise when, as I grew older, and started to make, sorry, to, started to take more of an interest in the high strangeness that goes on in our beautiful blue planet, uh, try that one again, beautiful planet Earth, when I found out that there is in fact some truth to this fairy tale. The proof of this fairy tale is etched on a stone facade of the so-called Pied Piper's home. The house itself is a half-timbered, now private residence that dates back to 1602 and is similar to an even earlier inscription that is etched on the same building's window. These etchings bear explicit witness to the Pied Piper mystery. The inscription on one of the stone facade reads, and I quote, A.D. 1284, on the 26th of June, the day of St. John and St. Paul, 130 children born in Hamlin were led out of the town by a piper wearing multicoloured clothes. After passing the Calvary near the Coppenbarg, they disappeared forever. And these inscriptions on the Pied Piper's home are not the only clues that may lead to proof of this rat-catcher mystery. An entry in Hamlin Town's own records, dating back to 1384, makes the claim that, and I quote, It is a hundred years since our children left. Also, 
the stained glass window in Hamlin's town at St Nikolai Church, which was unfortunately destroyed in the 17th century, described earlier accounts that illustrated the figure of a Pied Piper leading several ghostly white children away from the town of Hamlin. And in a 15th century Lundberg manuscript, it shows an early German account of the Pied Piper event, along with five historical memory verses, with some of them in Latin and others in a middle-low German language. With all, with all of these five verses referring to the similar story. That of... 130 children vanishing on the 26th of June 1284 whilst following the Pied Piper to a place called Calvary or Coppen. There are of course many more theories regarding the Pied Piper mystery and the missing 130 children. According to a project coordinator at the Hamlin Museum, a lady called Vic Raymer, who organises special events that focus on the global reach of the Pied Piper legend, says that one of the current theories is that the town's youth were part of the migration of Germans to Eastern Europe that was fuelled by the economic depression of that time. Vic Raymer also says, and I quote, in this scenario, the Pied Piper played the role of a so-called locator or recruiter. They were responsible for organising migrations to the East and were said to have worn colourful garments and played an instrument to attract the attention of possible settlers. There are some historians out there that believe the Hamlin children emigrated to Transylvania with German linguist Jürgen Udolf's theory being the most accepted. <laughs> of course, I cannot do an unexplained or paranormal podcast without mentioning an interesting side note about Transylvania, can I? So, here goes. Transylvania is a historical and cultural region in Central Europe that encompasses central Romania. Historical Transylvania also includes small parts of neighbouring western Moldova and even a small part of southwestern neighbouring Bukovina sorry, to its northeast. Today, of course, Transylvania is mostly known for its stories about the bloodthirsty Count Dracula and the various vampires that surround his mythical presence. And although the fictional character of the Count is a creation of the Irish writer Bram Stoker in his book Dracula, Transylvania has its own folk creations. For centuries, Transylvania was colonised by several transient populations that have shaped its long, dark history. Romanians, Hungarians, Saxons, Ottomans, Jews and even Roman gypsies inhabited the unusual territory of what is known as the Land Behind the Forest, or Transylvay. This alone has shaped the local folklore by helping to create mythical creatures and magic legends about this historical place. 
I heard, certainly hope to go and see it for myself one day. German linguist Jürgen Udolf's theory suggests that the regions around Berlin as the most probable location that the children of Hamlin disappeared to. In fact, Jürgen Udolf found that the family names common in Hamlin at the time of the children's vanishing show up with surprising frequency, mainly in the areas of Uckermark and Prignitz, with both the locations, one being extremely near Berlin and two being located as the centre of the migration at that time. Jürgen Udolf's theory is that it also reinforced by evidence that the regions around Berlin, when newly liberated from the Danes at that time, were ripe for German colonisation. There are, of course, more fanciful or inventive theories regarding the disappearance of the Hamlin children. Some historians have even suggested that the legend of the vanishing children of Hamlin reflects the a 13th century children's crusade, which was part of the wave of medieval crusades that was aimed at winning back the Holy Land. And of course, some other historians argue that the missing children were, were lost to the Black Plague. However, the dates for these do not match up. And on another interesting side note, the Black Plague, or Black Death, was a bubonic plague pandemic occurring in Western Eurasia and North Africa from 1346 to 1353. It is the most fatal pandemic ever recorded in human history, causing the deaths of approximately 40 to 60% of Europe's population, an estimated 25 to 50 million people peaking in Europe from 1347 to 1351. The bubonic plague is caused by the bacterium Yersinia pestis that is spread by, of all things, fleas. But during the Black Death, it probably took on a secondary form, spread by person-to-person -person contact via aerosols causing pneumonic plague. I will be doing an, uh, an Mark's Unexplained World podcast on the Black Death later in 2024. The project coordinator at the Hamlin Museum, the aforementioned Miss Vic Raymer, noticed that all these theories regarding the Pied Piper of Hamlin and the missing children neglected one specific detail of the mystery. She says, and I quote, They don't explain the very particular date cited for the loss of the children and the local sense of trauma. Vic Raymer also noted, and I quote, Did something happen that officials had been covering up? Something so traumatic that it was transmitted orally for so long in the town's collective memory over many decades and even centuries. After this second short break, in part three, we will look at some of the other theories regarding the missing children and how over time the legend has influenced the town of Hamlin.
Night Nights was established in 1999 as the first company in the world to offer overnight ghost hunt experiences to the general public, pioneering paranormal events since the last century. Fright Nights operate at hundreds of the UK's most haunted and exclusive venues. All events have their own team of experienced paranormal investigators, mediums and psychics. They have a VIP members club for regular returning guests, offering loyalty discounts and exclusive invitation-only events. They can also host private events for your family and friends. You can contact them on 07 852 998 628 or email them at office at frightnights.co.uk or take a look at their website at www.frightnights.co.uk where you can see the many locations they investigate and learn about them and the opportunities they have available. Hundreds of ghost hunters join Fright Nights every month for the most thrilling ghost hunting experiences they'll never forget. If you haven't been on a ghost hunt before, then why not join them to see what it's all about? Why not visit their social media sites for up-to-date information on all the places they visit and to see what's coming up in the future? They look forward to seeing you all soon. Fright Nights Ghost Hunting Events Remember, only the original will do. Some of the other theories that have been linked to the disappearance of the children of Hamlin include a mass psychogenic illness in the form of dancing mania. On a short but interesting side note here, dancing mania, which was also known as, sorry, also known as Acoria mania, or the dancing plague, or the popular phrase St Vitus dance, was a social phenomenon that occurred primarily in, in, in mainland Europe between the 14th and 17th centuries. It involved groups of people dancing erratically, sometimes in groups of thousands at a time. This dance phenomena affected adults and children who danced until they collapsed from exhaustion and injuries. One of the first major outbreaks was in 1374 in the town of Aachen in the Holy Roman Empire, or now what is known as the modern-day Germany, and it quickly spread throughout Europe, with one particularly notable outbreak occurring in Strasbourg in 1518. There are several theories regarding this phenomenon that range from religious cults being behind the procession to people dancing to relieve themselves of stress and put the poverty of the period onto their minds. It is speculated to have been a mass psychogenic illness in which physical symptoms with no known physical cause are observed to affect a group of people as a form of social influence. Some historians have suggested that the 130 children who left Hamlin to be part of a pilgrimage or a military campaign. Others 
make the suggestion that they left to join a children's crusade, but unfortunately never returned to their parents. Another quick interesting side note, the children's crusade was a failed popular crusade by European Christians to establish a second Latin kingdom of Jerusalem in the Holy Land. It is said to have taken place in 1212. Although it is called the Children's Crusade, it never really received the approval from Pope Innocent III to be an actual crusade. The traditional narrative is more than likely conflated from a mix of both factual and mythical events which include the preaching of visions by a French boy and a German boy. This children's crusade theory also includes an unnamed Pied Piper as their leader or their recruitment agent. However, it does appear that the townspeople of Hamlin, instead of recording the facts, may have made this children's crusade story up to avoid the wrath of the church or the king. And no, before anyone asks, I do not mean Elvis Presley. The book by the author William Manchester, A World Lit Only by Fire, The Medieval Mind and Renaissance, places the Pied Piper events to have taken place in 1484, 100 years after the original written mention in the Town Chronicles back in 1384. They read, and I quote, It is a hundred years since our children left. William Manchester's book also makes further claims and proposes that the Pied Piper of Hamlin was a psychopathic paedophile. There are, of course, a number of theories suggesting that the children of Hamlin died of various forms of some natural causes, such as uh, disease or starvation, and that the Pied Piper was nothing more than a symbolic figure of death. Some of the fitting scenarios to this suggestion is that the children drowned in the River Wesser that flows alongside the town, or that they were killed in a landslide, or maybe contracted some disease during an epidemic. Another modern-day theory reads the story as alluding to an event where the children of Hamlin were lured away by a pagan or heretic sect to the forest near Copenburg, sorry, Koppenberg near Germany, otherwise known as the mysterious Koppen Hills. There, the children were said to be witnesses to ritual dancing when suddenly they all perished during the collapsing of a sinkhole. I would give you some interesting side notes here on the mysterious Coppen Hills, but to be honest, I, could, I couldn't find much, much online or in books uh, that is not covered by copyright. All I can tell you really is that, is that it is based on a poem. However, I can only find it written in the German language and again, protected by copyright. But please, you know, take a look around. You may find something that I may have missed.
One thing that has been noted from all the local reports of the Pied Piper incident is that of the date of the 26th of June. With this being the same particular date as the pagan midsummer celebrations, which often places emphasis on the children being led away from the town of Hamlin. It was traditional at the time that in some areas of Germany to celebrate midsummer, they would light bonfires in the hills. This has led to speculation that the missing children of Hamlin may have been led away by a pagan shaman to participate in one of these fire-burning celebrations and then being forced into a monastery or alternatively massacred by local Christians. The present-day city of Hamlin continues to keep the world informed regarding the Pied Piper legend and its possible origins of the story throughout its website. The interest in the city's connection to the story remains so strong that in 2009 the city of Hamlin held a tourist festival to mark the 725th anniversary of the children that disappeared from the town in 1284. And in addition to the recent 2009 festival, each year the city of Hamlin now marks the 26th of June as Ratcatcher's Day. Just a little side note here that you may hopefully find interesting. In the United States of America, a similar holiday for exterminators, which was based on Ratcatcher's Day, was marked on the 22nd of July. But surprisingly, this has never really caught on. No surprise there then, really, is there? One of the main tourist attractions in the city of Hamlin is the Ratcatcher's House, even though it bears no connection to the Ratcatcher from the Pied Piper legend. Indeed, the Ratenfangerhaus, or Ratcatcher's House, is in instead only associated with the story, due to some earlier inscription that was found on a stone of the house, which mentioned the legend and not only that, of course, but the house was actually built much later, in 1603, as opposed to 1284, when the event took place. The Ratcatcher's House is now a Hamlin City-owned restaurant with a Pied Piper theme throughout. The city also maintains an online shop with rat-themed merchandise, as well as offering an officially licensed Hamlin edition of the popular board game Monopoly. But instead of the man with the monocle on the cover of the box, it depicts a legendary Pied Piper instead. A portion of the Hamlin town gate that dates back to the year 1556 is currently being exhibited at the Hamlin Museum. And according to the staff at the museum, this stone is the oldest surviving sculptural evidence for the legend of the Pied Piper of Hamlin. On the stone bears the following inscription, and I quote, In the year 1556, 272 years after the magician stole 130 children from the city, this gate was founded. 
And on one last note on the subject, the phrase Pied Piper has become a metaphor for a person who attracts a following through charisma or false promises. And I'm sure we all have, we have all met someone like that over the years. Thank you all for taking the time out to listen to this episode of Mark's Unexplained World. In our next episode, show number 80, we are going to be looking at the dark story of the village I am. The history of the plague in the village I am began in 1665 when a flea-infested bundle of cloth arrived from London for Alexander Hadfield, the local tailor. Within a week, his assistant, George Vickers, noticing that the bundle was damp, had opened it up to allow it to breathe and dry out. But before long, he was dead and more began dying in the household, which soon after spread to the entire village. This show was written and researched by myself, Mark Hughes, and proofread and edited by Linda Hughes. The actors in this episode were Mark Hughes, Linda Hughes and Denise Pula. With special thanks to Neil Packer and the staff at the Haunted Antiques Paranormal Research Centre in Hinckley. And a big thanks to everyone for listening. Mark's unexplained world, because there's more to the paranormal than meets the third eye. And remember guys, keep it real, because being real is better than being perfect. This show and all its contents are covered by the basic copyright of Mark the Media. Medium, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>